At least we're cutting this part out. <laughs> Richard, you gotta stop yelling. What? Stop yelling, please. I'm not well, your normal voice is too loud. <laughs> okay. <laughs> can you hear all of this? I can only hear parts of it when it comes through. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. Maybe we should just leave it in this time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is the third time we've started, so we just might as well do it. <laughs> yep. Fuck it. All right. Welcome, everybody, to Haunts and Creeps. I'm your host, Asia, and Rose is here. Hello. We don't know what we're doing, still. We're still figuring out this long-distance recording shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a long-distance relationship, except harder than that. <laughs> yes. Way harder. All right. In addition to the relationship, I miss you. <laughs> I miss you too. <laughs> uh, okay. So, disturbing thing of the week. I took all day too to long. think about this one, and then it mm-hmm. came to my head real easy. Animal abuse. Hey, mine has to do with that too. Oh my What's god, yours? what? Okay, so, <laughs> as you know, Asia, our my boyfriend and I's <laughs> downstairs neighbor... Karen. That's not her real name, but she's a, she's a Karen. Um, she reported to uh god damn it, the Humane Society that we lock our dog in the bathroom and on the patio. That we just lock him and that's, you know. So we got a visit. It was great. Totally false. <sighs> but it just got me thinking because since then every time I look at my dog, I'm like I could never abuse you. (laughs) You're so cute and fluffy. And like, I can't get in the mind space of someone who can abuse animals because it's, it doesn't make any sense. And it's disturbing that people are like that. To follow that up, there is a, um, my disturbing fact of the week is it's not like really, really bad, but it's still like, what the fuck is wrong with people? Yeah. There was a manatee, and for those of you who don't really know the life habit of a manatee is they are very slow, and they grow algae on their skin to kind of keep them protected in whatever environment that they're in. Oh. Someone, some idiot asshole, decided to use their fingernails and in the algae carve the word Trump. What the? What? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. You can look it up. It's real. It's happened. They're trying to figure out who did it and find them or whatever. So what does that do to the porpoise? (laughs) (laughs) Seal? What was it? Manatee. Yeah, the manatee wasn't, like, harmed, per se. There's a chance they could have lightly scratched their skin. Yeah. Um, But... For me, it's just disturbing that people think they're above the law. They're above human decency. Yeah. They're going to carve their political alignment into the back of an animal with their fingertips. Yeah, it's kind of strange. Yeah, it's like manatees are protected. So it's not like they... Well, we don't know for sure, but it's not like there was blood drawn. It could have been little bits with scrapes of the fingernails, but... That affects the health of the manatee, and it's like, where the fuck is your sanity? Yeah. What makes you think it's okay to do this to an animal? Yeah. It's like when people fuck? take little baby chickens and dye them, like, pink and blue and green for Easter. Yeah, and the it's Easter's... like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. My God. So that was, that was my disturbing fact, because to me, it's more disturbing that a person actually went out of their way to do this. Yeah. No, it's not like horrendous animal abuse or all those stories you hear of like people leaving their dogs and their cats or whatever animals and just neglecting the shit out of them yeah but it is still in my opinion in the realm of animal abuse simply because that is not something anyone should be comfortable doing or feel like they're entitled to do yeah totally it and it's just kind of (laughs) weird it's just weird yeah all right, so uh, since we've done the disturbing things, how about this? What is What are you drinking over there in Colorado? I am drinking Behringer. I don't. I actually don't know how to pronounce this company's <laughs> name, but that white Zinfandel we had a while ago. Oh, the yeah. The pink one. 
Yeah. I enjoyed it. Nice. Yeah. I got it for like 12 bucks. <laughs> Dope. I just grabbed myself an easy uh, bottle of Barefoot Moscato, my favorite. Nothing spicy this week. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, episode time. Uh, we're still in Arizona. Yes. And I think I chose the coolest freaking place in Arizona. And I'm going to add it to the list of places that we have to see. It's, oh, shit. We so, actually need to write this list down. I know. We need to start taking <laughs> notes because it's getting long. It is. So, my episode is on the Birdcage Theater in Tombstone, Arizona. Mm. And Tombstone, Arizona is a very interesting little town. It was founded in, like, the 1880s when, uh, like, a silver rush happened in the area. And the story is that the first prospector went out to the middle of Arizona. Before he left, he told his buddies, hey, I'm going to go prospect for, I'm going to go try to find silver in um, this place. And they were like, you're not going to find anything but your own tombstone. (laughs) Boom. He found silver, founded the town. It was a big boom town, and they called it Tombstone. And it's actually got a lot of hauntings and ghosts and history attached to it. All right, let's dive into it. Yeah, so the Birdcage Theater is considered um, the most haunted spot in Tombstone. Um, Ghost adventures, ghost hunters, they've both visited. I watched their episodes. Uh, Ghost hunters saw it in 2006, ghost adventures in 2009. Um, My sources for this episode are those two shows, as well as the Birdcage website, their Facebook, um, a book called Haunted Tombstone by Cody Polston, which is actually a pretty good, like I got a lot of info out of that one, and then a bunch of other random sites that will cite sites, websites in the sites, in the citations. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so the Birdcage Theater was opened by Lottie and Billy Hutchinson in Tombstone, Arizona on December 23rd, 1881. Tombstone is known as the town that's too tough to die because it's lasted through the silver boom, a couple of fires, some floodings, and it's still freaking there. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, Billy Hutchinson, the guy who um, opened it, he was known as a variety performer. And what he originally wanted to do with the theater was have, like, family-friendly shows which he hoped would attract large crowds like he'd seen in San Francisco. But it turns out... Oh, like a circus. Um, no. I think just, like, regular theater performances. You know, like Christmas Carol and stuff like that. God, we're on the same mindset this week. (laughs) We are? Wait, what? Um, We're recording two episodes tonight. Yeah. And uh, part two of my episode has to do with the theater as well hell yeah because theaters are haunted af mm-hmm. um so anyways he's tr- he wanted to open it for like family friendly fun but tombstone is not a super family friendly place it wasn't back then it was pretty violent lots of cowboys lots of you know bad whatever guys <laughs> gunfights <laughs> killings uh, prostitutes. It was like pretty tough. So of the time. Yeah. So <laughs> he soon realized that having family-friendly shows at the at the Birdcage was not getting him enough money. So instead, he turned to offering more adult entertainment, and eventually, that graduated into actually having prostitutes. So, <laughs> um, the girls that he hired. At first, we're performing singing and dancing skits, but then later, they were they were also working as waitresses and prostitutes, and then like okay. the shows continued as well. So this place served a bunch of different. Uh, it did a lot of things. Man, my talking's not so Cli- good today. <laughs> Clientele is yeah. that the word you're looking for? <laughs> yeah. So what I'm getting at is it was a theater, a brothel, a saloon, and a gambling parlor a busy building yeah basically any of the illegal things you could do in the wild west this place had it (laughs) 
Um, so once it sort of transitioned from being family friendly to this sort of stuff, it was considered more of a working class theater and other theaters in the town. There's one in particular called Shefflin Hall was like for more ritzier people. And that one specifically was the largest theater between El Paso and San Francisco. So this little town had like a bunch of other theaters, but the birdcage became like the down and dirty nasty place to go it's the nitty-gritty of the, the area nitty gritty yeah <laughs> so um i've got a little snippet from the tucson star which was a newspaper that was out during this time this this snippet's from 1882 it uh gives a little sneak peek into what this place is like <clears throat> and i'm gonna try and do some voiceovers yes like you because <laughs> you're so good but i don't we'll see a dizzy dame came along and seated herself alongside of me and playfully threw her arms around my neck and coaxingly desired me to set him up. <laughs> her bosom was so painfully close to my cheeks that I believed I had again returned to my infantile period. She... <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help it. I know. <laughs> She and I, after drinking the liquid, parted at last. She in search of some other gullible gummy. Oh my god. <laughs> so, why is this place called why, why why is this place called the birdcage, you might be wondering, Asia? Because women are songbirds in a cage. Wow. How Okay. Shut up. Shit. Was that right? <laughs> You're pretty close. <laughs> so the way the birdcage was built, the saloon and the theater were kind of one and the same on the first floor. And then around the top of the ceiling were a bunch of what they called bird cages. But there was 14 cribs. Remember when we did uh, the Red Onion Saloon, the other brothel up in Alaska? They called yeah. them cribs as well. So a crib basically is a little tiny room with just a bed. Where a prostitute can service a John. So there's right. 14 of those around the ceiling. Um, 3,500 women in total worked as prostitutes in this theater while it was open. Jesus, that's a lot of women. Yeah, 3,500. Is that like the whole town? Yeah. I think the town at the time actually was about 5,000, which is pretty so, big yeah. for like it was the about 1800s. Three quarters of the town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So the way it got its name, The Birdcage, is this writer known as Arthur Lamb visited the theater and he saw the cribs. And so he wrote um, a commemorative song for the women, for the prostitutes, called She's Only a Bird in a Gilded Cage. Mm-hmm. So nice job, Asia. You called it. Thank you. The song became such a national hit that Lottie and Billy, the owners renamed their brothel theater saloon the birdcage theater don't ask me what it was before i couldn't figure it out <laughs> no idea all right so here i want to go into the history i've got a few stories about this place uh it's got a lot of like weird ass history so fun. one of the what I said fun oh <laughs> yeah so <laughs> One of the first acts at the birdcage was Alma Hayes, also known as the female Hercules. Oh, so shit. she, okay, she had a couple of names. Female Hercules, the Mademoiselle de Granville, and the woman with the iron jaw. So she would perform feats of strength, such as picking up heavy objects with her teeth. Why are you laughing? <laughs> Because before you continued that sentence, my first thought was, Iron Jaw, what else did she bite off? <laughs> oh my j- <laughs> I'd That's give you some shit, laughing. but your mind is in the right place. Oh shit, what'd she do? <laughs> no, she didn't do Sorry. anything. I'm just saying, we're okay. like in the gutter. This place yeah. is the gutter. That's why I'm being creative. Yeah. <laughs> so another act that was pretty famous at the time was an Irish jig dancer named Pearl Ardeen, whose talent was picking up money from the stage and putting it in her stocking without missing a step. 
of her dance. So like whirling around and like, I guess people thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> um, another interesting act they had was called the human fly, where they literally took women, strapped like these skates onto their feet that fit into rails on the ceiling. And they just hung from the ceiling upside down like flies, you know, like watching the audience. I'm thinking bats. Yeah, I know. I know. The human fly, that's not what I would have thought of if I was like, Mm-mm. oh, let's go watch the human fly show. Unfortunately, one of the performers, uh, their foot clamp slipped and she fell to the stage and died on impact. Oh, shit. Poor thing. Yeah, so that's fun. Um, another interesting story I found in June of 1882, they did um, a sh- oh my god, what's it called? A show, an act, a reenactment of Uncle Tom's Cabin. A You're- play. A play. You're the theatrical <laughs> one, so <laughs> yes, I did theater. <laughs> um, they did a they did Uncle Tom's Cabin as a play. Yeah, and yep. in this I know one, Tom's cabin. Yeah, in this one scene where little Eliza is being chased by Simon Legree and his bloodhound, um, the crowd was getting super frantic over this scene. Like for some reason, they were all really into it. And this drunk cowboy, who was watching the scene, took out his pistol and shot the dog, and killed it. Yeah. And so Whoa. after that, the audience who was so invested. In the scene, they got so pissed off that they started beating the shit out of him until a police it's... officer rescued him from the crowd and then hauled him to jail. So then the next day... They, we... they should have let him just beat him to a pulp. <laughs> you kill a dog on the stage. Yeah, it's going to enrage everyone. Policemen <laughs> should have just been like, yeah, you deserve it. <laughs> I let mean, I'm kind of surprised they didn't because this was like a rough and rowdy place. Like, Yeah. Um, I'm surprised the police stepped in at all. Yeah. I'm surprised there were peace officers. Like, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. (laughs) Apparently the next day though, after he sobered up in the drunk tank, he came back to the theater and offered the performers his horse to make up for shooting their dog. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Did they get him a puppy? What? No. But did they get him a puppy? Why would they give him a puppy? He just shot a dog. Because, yeah. He shot the dog. But. Uh, sorry, I'm thinking the stage performers. Like, get them already? a puppy. <laughs> no. No. I'm just beyond exhausted. <laughs> I've had a glass of wine. You know. And by glass. Uh, and by <laughs> glass, I mean, like, if you Google what one portion of wine is, I have had that. I've had one. <laughs> well. You know, I think it's always fun to have you exhausted and drunk on the show, so. (laughs) I'm glad I'm entertaining. Anyway, continue. All right, so another little story I found. Billy Hutchinson, the first owner, he apparently liked to play pranks on the crowd. So one night, um, a drunken audience member was yelling insults at the performer, and Billy was not happy about this, so he got up on the stage and told the guy to shut up. But the guy ignored him and continued to yell at the performer's So Billy sent two of his bouncers up to this guy's box and the crowd from down below, all they could hear was a scuffle and then a gunshot and then a body fell from the box onto the stage. Shit. But it turned out that it was just a straw dummy that Billy was using to like tease everybody. (laughs) (laughs) So. Okay. Really doubling down on like the aesthetic at this place. Got all the theatrics. Yeah. (laughs) Um, another night there was a the birdcage was oh my god I can't talk the birdcage showcased a sharpshooter and his act was to shoot an apple off a woman's head classically let me Um, guess he missed you're wrong this time sorry damn it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Pat Holland who was apparently Tombstone's coroner was watching the show and apparently he got so annoyed at how long it was taking this shooter to line his sights that he grabbed a prop gun behind him which he thought was only loaded with powder and wadding i don't know what wadding is but whatever it's not well, lethal. at the time 
at the time, guns were shot with powder and a lead bullet, like a ball. Right. So but what is it's wadding? more like wadding would be like fabric wadded oh. into a little ball. Oh. So it's like a, it's not a dry fire because that's not good for a gun, but it shoots without actually causing any damage because it's right. fabric that will disintegrate. Right. It's a blind pretty much. Right. So apparently he grabbed this gun thinking that's what was going on and he shot the apple and he blew the apple apart but he also <laughs> he also um shot the woman's top knob top top, top knot, knot her bun off of her head and it flew across the theater to the other wall and got pinned <laughs> against the wall over there from a piece of fabric no there was a bullet in there because apparently there was an actual bullet. Yeah, apparently oh, one shit. of the employees had taken the gun out that morning to shoot rabbits and so it was loaded with buckshots. <laughs> um, oh, she got lucky. It was just her hair. Yeah, right? For real. So then around 1886, um, Billy Hutchinson and his wife, Lottie, whatever, they sold the birdcage to another couple, Joe and Minnie Bignan. Um, I think I said that right. Say, say it again. <laughs> Bignan. Bignan. It's French, it looks like. Bignan or something. So you took French. I did not. That is the one language I will not do. So I'll just, <laughs> I'll just speak with confidence. Joe Bignon. There you go. <laughs> um, Minnie apparently was like a town favorite. She was six feet tall. She weighed 230 pounds. And everyone called her Big Minnie. She also walked around with pink stockings. And people described her as good-hearted with a simple childlike soul. If you're talking, I can't hear you. Did you turn your mic off, you drunk? I did, but I hit the button, and apparently it didn't click. So what I was trying to ask was, do you think Minnie Mouse was written after this Minnie? No, this woman's huge. Oh, Oh, I was going with the soul. The The spirit she had. Maybe, maybe. The soul of Minnie Mouse, perhaps. I'm not sure she was (laughs) that famous. She was famous around town. Okay. Um, it wasn't a world-renowned name or right. a nationwide name. Yet. Right. Okay. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> so apparently her and Joe had a show that was super popular and everybody loved him. Um, and even though Minnie was sweet, she could handle herself in tense situations. So this is a story that comes from that book I mentioned <clears throat> about how Minnie is badass. So on May 11th of 1889, a drunk woodchopper took out his pistol and threatened the bartender with it when the bartender asked him to pay for his next shot. Minnie entered as this was going on, and the bar- Wait, did you say he took out his pistol? His Can you say pistol. that part again? He took his pistol yeah. out and brandished it at the bartender. Oh, I see. I thought you were mentioning part of the fact of why a shot is called a shot. What? Asia, you're... No, I've got fun facts for you. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. So, if you guys don't know this, the origination of the term a shot, as in a shot of whiskey or whatever, was men would take a bullet and trade it on the counter. So they'd go to the bar, bring out a bullet if they didn't have cash to pay, and that was the equivalent of paying for a shot of whiskey. Like, an ounce of whatever they were drinking. That's how it became a shot. So shot from the pistol equals a sh- shot of liquid and that's why we call it a shot today which means that before that people were just drinking full glasses of freaking liquor which i know they still do <laughs> but i don't understand that probably not it was probably still in smaller glasses but <laughs> the shot term for the ounce and a half to two ounces of liquor you got developed because of the habit of paying for your liquor with a shot from your gun. That was an excellent fun fact. Fun fact fit right in. That's why I needed you to repeat what you said. Because like, <laughs> wait a second, did I just mishear something? <laughs> so. All right, so he brandished his gun, not pulling out a bullet. 
Yes, so he brandished his gun at Charlie Keene, the bartender, because Charlie asked him to pay for his liquor. So, and many he was like, nah, motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. Which seemed to have happened a lot. Anyways, Minnie walked up right as this was going on. And Charlie was like, Minnie, don't worry about it. I'm going to go get the sheriff to put this guy out. And she was like, quote, I'll put him out myself. She picked the dude up. She carried him to the door and she threw him halfway across the street. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, damn. Yeah. That one Um, was strong as fuck. Exactly. So, apparently, he got picked up, you know, across the street. They drove her, they were trying to drive him to jail, but he escaped and began firing shots at the officers right outside the birdcage. And then he had to be subdued a second time and was finally arrested. Boy, that's a fun night. Yeah. Yeah. This, and this was like every night. Oh, that poor bartender. Yeah, he got showed up by a big-ass woman. It's badass. Well, also, it's like, if every night he's like, I just, whatever, just take the fucking whiskey. Like, Yeah. You know, he was just getting tired of it. Just like, yeah. fuck. I'm going to put this in here now, even though it's later in my little notes. Um, there are apparently 140 bullet holes in this place. Oh. Like, in the Again, walls. Again, that poor bartender. <laughs> yeah. A lot are, like, towards the bar. There's a lot above the piano. I don't know why people are shooting at the piano, but a lot around the stage, too. It's it's to get the pianist to change music. Yeah, like, I we're guess tired so. of this song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, right, I'll change it. Yeah. I Sorry, I had to funny. take a little sip. I had to take a shot. <laughs> <laughs> we're drinking wine. It doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Um, I almost picked up rum. You should have. This would have been a fitting episode for some rum. It would have. I really wanted rum, but wine was cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Okay, so this is fun. The Birdcage Hotel. Uh, theater. The Birdcage Theater <laughs> Brothel Saloon. Downstairs in the basement, they had... Um, they hosted the longest poker game in history. And I want you to guess. Everyone out there, I want you all to guess in your heads how long this poker game was. Two days. Oh, my Jesus, Asia. Eight <laughs> years. Oh, my God. <laughs> Eight years, five months, and three days. And the only reason it stopped at eight years is because the saloon had to close. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, like, did these people not leave the bar, or was it just picked up where they left off every time that they left? It was like, they. I don't know how poker works, right? But people would take their winnings, and a seat would open up. And then if someone wanted to play, they had to pay $1,000 to buy in, um, which Shit, today amounts time? to yeah, $30,000 today. Yeah, that's that, that's what I was trying to picture. I was like, what is the inflation rate? 1000 then is not 1000 as it is. Yeah. 30 fucking thousand yeah. and to a go lot of play like, a poker game. A lot of like big names from the Wild West came across this poker game. So Doc Holliday frequented the Birdcage. Um, a lot of other names. I wish I could tell Billy you. Billy the Kid? No, actually. I read that <laughs> Billy the Kid, surprisingly, did not play that game. Interesting. Yeah. So, in its eight years, five months, and three days, a total of $10 million was exchanged across this table. And wow. the theater retained... Is that, in, is that in today's currency, the $1 million, I believe or? so, yeah. $10 million. Okay. Sorry, 10 Yeah. Yep. Um, and the theater retained 10% of that. So, they made a ton of money off of it. God damn. Yeah, and it played continuously 24-7, so they didn't stop, they didn't take breaks, you know, like, go home, go to bed, come back. It played all night and day. Alright, so before I get into, like, the haunting stuff, we gotta talk about why it closed. And this was kind of muddy. I looked at a bunch of different sources, and none of them collaborated, corroborated, whatever. So, here's the best I got. In March of 1882, this was a mining town, right? In March of 1882, miners in the Grand Central Mine, the town mine, hit water at a depth of 620 feet. So at first, the flow wasn't large enough for them to stop work, so they imported Cornish engines um, 
and set them up to pump the water out of the mine, which worked for a little bit. Uh, but mm -hmm. soon the flooding was too much and the mine and its remaining deposits were submerged. So that was okay. 1882. Um, remember Billy and uh, Minnie, or I'm sorry, Minnie and whatever. Okay, Billy Hutchinson, the first guy, <laughs> he sold the theater to two men, Hugh McCrum and John Stroh at this time, who then sold it again to Minnie and Joe. Big yo, big ya, in 1886. <laughs> <laughs> so they were able to keep the theater afloat for a few years, but without access to silver and with the price of silver declining, many people like lost their jobs, weren't making it in Tombstone, and abandoned the town. Yeah. So the birdcage was finally forced to close in 1889 and was abandoned until it was purchased again in 1934. So wow. the people who bought it in 1934, what they found was that since its closure, everything inside stayed intact. Nothing had been disturbed. So Interesting. Yeah. So they opened it up as a historical museum. It's still a museum and a popular tourist attraction, and it has all of the original stuff in it. Everything in there is original. They got the wallpaper. They got the same furniture bullet holes <laughs> everything wow yeah that's pretty intense yeah did they do anything to like reinforce the structure or is it still standing as is it's still standing you know? at it as is so i didn't read anything about them having to fix it at all well they make this thing out of it looks like primarily wood <laughs> damn yeah and uh the owner now i watched a video of him talking about it because, so like I said earlier, Tombstone um, had a lot of fires. And you know how in Westerns you see the buildings are like all tightly packed. There's no alleys. Mm -hmm. Well, the birdcage happened to have alleyways. And the only reason it survived those fires is because the alleyways protected it. Like the fire never jumped over to the birdcage. Boy, they got lucky in like Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so that's the history. Um, now let's all get right. into the fun stuff. Yay! This is all the deaths and hauntings that I came across. Sweet. So, a total of 26 people died in the Birdcage Theater during its heyday. There were 16 gunfights um, that claimed many of those deaths left 140 bullet holes, like I said. Um, but other than the people killed in gunfights, the ones that there's, there's still others that died in other ways, <laughs> like the woman who fell during that, mm -hmm. um, weird fly performance. So I'm going to go over a couple of them. This first one is called, is known as Tombstone's Grizzliest Murder. And it mm. took place at the Birdcage Theater between two... Soiled doves, as they call them, which are prostitutes. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, little Gertie, the gold dollar, was a petite prostitute who worked at the Birdcage's rival uh, brothel called the Gold, the Crystal Palace. Is she the? Is she golden because she's blonde? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me picking up on shit. I know, you're okay. so fucking smart. So, so what the blonde do? Well, let's get some backstory on these two. Little Gertie was known for being petite and fiery and blonde. She had luscious gold hair, and she apparently charged a gold dollar for her services. So she went from being known as Little Gertie to Gold Dollar. Just yeah, makes gold sense. Dollar. Gold Dollar was in love with a small-time gambler known as Billy Mill Green, who apparently was pretty attractive. And they lived together, and Gold Dollar considered him to be her man. And because of her fiery attitude and her temper, other women and prostitutes in Tombstone knew to stay away from Billy. Mm -hmm. Right, so along comes our second character, Margarita who was an attractive Mexican woman who came to work as a soiled dove 
at the birdcage. So her name is Butterfly. Is that what Margarita means? Depends which language, but yes, Marguerite, Margarita, it's Butterfly. I mean, I think that was her actual name, but who knows? I have no idea. <laughs> okay. I'll let you drink your wine and keep them listening to something. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Margarita, um, people became attracted to her like instantly, you know, because she's exotic and mysterious and whatever. So she attracted a lot of men at the birdcage, including... Billy Milgram. Of course, she's Latin. Yeah, yeah. For all these white people, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so she attracted all these men, including Gold Dollar's boyfriend, Billy. Uh, Margarita was aware of Billy and Gold Dollar's relationship, but that didn't stop her from flirting with him. And one night, when Gold Dollar caught wind of Margarita... Margarita's advances on him, she stormed into the birdcage and threatened to cut out her heart if she didn't back off. Oh, shit. Got any Let me guesses? guess. She cuts out her heart. Well, we'll find out. <laughs> or her heart gets cut out. One or the other. Yeah. It is the grisliest murder. Mm-hmm. So, after telling her she'd cut her heart out, she also warned Billy to stay away from Margarita, and Billy, who was aware of her temper, said, yeah, definitely, I'll stay away. No problem. So, apparently, a few nights later, the Birdcage Theater was hosting a high-stakes poker game, and Gold Dollar knew that Billy was going to go because he was a gambler. This is his thing. That's how he makes money. So she mm-hmm. made him, she said that he could go, but she made him promise that he would stay away from Margarita. And he promised and then ran off to the goal, to the birdcage. So that night, Gold Dollar was working at the Crystal Palace. Billy's at the birdcage playing the poker game. Margarita comes in. She sees Billy playing the poker game and she just struts right up. Apparently she's like strutting around the table trying to get his attention flirting with the guys you know all the things you do to get the attention of the hot guy right Mm-hmm. Um, but Billy was ignoring her and trying to focus on the game so finally she gave up and freaking sat right in his lap and just started giving a bunch of kisses <laughs> and apparently someone who was at the birdcage saw this, ran over to the Crystal Palace, told Gold Dollar, who came <clears throat> running over to the birdcage, mad as hell. She busted in through the doors, walked straight up to them, grabbed Margarita by the hair, and threw her onto the ground. Margarita apparently tried to fight back, because a bunch of people saw this, so the history is like pretty solid that this happened. Margarita <laughs> apparently tried to fight back, Gold, but she was like no match for this little chick's fiery rage. Gold Dollar <laughs> pulled out a stiletto, which in some reports had a blade on it, and stabbed Margarita with it. Some people say that she stabbed her in the side. Some people say that she stabbed her in the chest and that it was so violent that she nearly cut Margarita's heart out. Either way, she died at the scene. All right. Yeah, and before the sheriff could come, Gold Dollar ran out. She hid her stiletto somewhere outside the birdcage, and it was never found. So when they did the trial on her, she was she wasn't. Um, oh my God. She, convicted. She wasn't convicted. Sorry, I stopped reading my notes and I'm lost. <laughs> <laughs> Is it because they couldn't find a murder weapon? Yeah, she wasn't convicted because they couldn't find the murder weapon. So basically, the story ends. Her and Billy left town and lived happily ever after, I guess. But eventually, the stiletto was found, and it's actually on display in the museum. I was wondering. I had a feeling if she could just run out and hide it, it would have had to have been found at some point. I think that's great. Is the blade covered in blood? Oh, I wish I knew. This is why, okay, what I'm realizing for these episodes is that going right to the source is where we're going to get all our information. 
If we walked As into in the... we need to get the fuck out there. Yeah. If we walked into the birdcage, <laughs> we'd be able to see for ourselves all the freaking blood that's probably on that blade. <laughs> is it tainted with rust, or is that blood? Hmm. <laughs> or is it paint? Who knows? <laughs> it's not paint. <laughs> it never is paint. Yeah. Um... So, apparently, Margarita's ghost still haunts the theater, and people attribute the lingering smell of lilac perfume to her. Not surprised. Yeah. All right. I think you're going to like this one specifically. Oh. And, hint, hint, wink, wink, I got you a birthday present that's in the mail that may have something to do with this. Okay. Oh, shit. <laughs> Happy birthday. Okay, I'm excited now. <laughs> Let me drink my wine in anticipation. <laughs> All right, so in the museum today, if you go to a corner of it, there's this old-ass horse-drawn hearse called the Black Mariah. Oh, I love a good name for a hearse. Right? It's There's even a freaking like death metal band called the Black Mariah, named after this hearse and i know because mariah is spelled with an o i don't know why that is but it's unique so it's mariah yeah mariah so the black mariah was built in 1881 for eight thousand dollars in their time during its time in tombstone it was parked at the birdcage and then used whenever people died and it carried all but six local people to the cemetery on Boot Hill when they died. So what happened to the six locals that did not go for a ride on Mariah? You know, my best guess, because I did read one report, there's a lot of, like, shootouts and a lot of famous shootouts in this place. Um, one report was, like, in this specific shootout, you know, two of the bodies, two bodies could fit in the Black Mariah, but the one that couldn't, just had to ride in some regular ass hearse or something. So given that there were so many large shootouts, there's a really famous one at the OK Corral, which is in Tombstone. The Black Mariah can't be carrying everybody, you know? So that's my guess. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> so um, for some reason they parked it at the birdcage, probably because a lot of people died at the birdcage. A lot of shootouts went on. Uh, and it's still there in its original condition. So Ooh. the reason the hearse cost $8,000 is because it's Gucci as hell. Today, it's valued at $2 million. Your mic is off. Damn it. That's the second time I've clicked the button and it didn't click. I have to be more particular about be that. Assertive. So I was trying to do the math because earlier you had said the 1,000 is about 30,000 today. So I was trying to go like, what's eight times three? Like, yeah, I no, trying to do I don't math. think the, I don't think the math is the same. It might have something to do with its like antiquity. What because, it's made out of. Well, yeah, what it's made out of. But the other thing is that only eight models of this hearse were built. And this is the only one that remains. Oh, shit. Yeah. And let okay. me tell you about how Gucci it is. It's trimmed not only with sterling silver, but also with 24-karat gold leaf. And mm. it's the first vehicle to ever have curved glass, which is verified by the Ford Foundation. Wow. Wow. And it's creepy as hell, man. It's the creepiest fucking vehicle. I love a good hearse. If I, I could own a hearse instead of a regular car, I would have it hands down. <laughs> I would love to drive a hearse around. Oh my god. It'd be fucking great. What a I had meme, a friend though. once, and I found out that she had, for a short time, owned a hearse as her vehicle. Like, why don't you have that anymore? Where'd it go? <laughs> I can't imagine you the let gas mileage is very good. <laughs> That's fair. Maybe you could retrofit it, make it, give it a new engine or something that it would actually. Yeah. Anyway. So uh, when I was watching these ghost adventures stuff, ghost hunters, da da da, a lot of other um, sources say that the most aggressive ghosts are found around the Black Mariah. And specifically, a lot of people mentioned a 
a ghost named Caleb, but I couldn't find where the fuck he came from or like why he's around. So apparently okay. it's a lot of aggressive vocal hauntings. Not a lot of apparitions. Well, I, mean, I mean if it if the hearse transported a lot of bodies out of shootouts and things, yeah, those are going to be some angsty ghosts wanting to throw down. Hey, Richard, you want to fill my wine glass? <laughs> See, that's why my wine bottle is next to me. <laughs> Thank Although it's you. not wise. I have gone through four glasses now. <laughs> You've got- Wait, what? I'm on my fourth glass of wine. When did that happen? I've literally been Slowly. looking at you. This whole time. You can't you can't quite see. My glass is off screen. <laughs> You're a drunk. <laughs> you know Maybe you have an episode bit. to do after this. Yes, and God, it's gonna make I it all that wait. more fun. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next week and for I Asia. Drunk as fuck. I'll say and I also since I'm doing Thank the recording, you. I'm not gonna be able to drink as much, so I'm trying to get it all down now. Thank you, Richard. Yeah. MVP Richard. <laughs> Okay, let me take a nice drink because I'm my well, my <laughs> mouth is dry. <laughs> I am looking forward to my episode, and just oh, so you yeah. guys are aware, we're recording too because Rose is going away for two weeks, and we won't be able to record. Yeah, hopefully I got some disturbing facts when I come back. That would be great. Yeah. I'm looking forward to those. Yeah. All right, <clears throat> Caleb. Uh, oh, you were you saying you were saying about all the people getting shot all the time. Yeah. Which brings me to this. One of Tombstone's most famous phrases is Tombstone, a cowboy for breakfast every day. Because people would literally die every day in Tombstone. And this hearse would be working every day, dragging bodies to Boot Hill. Alright. It makes me think of Tombstone Pizza. Oh my Jesus, that's what you got? That's what yes. you got for me, Tombstone Pizza. <laughs> I've been thinking that this whole time we've been recording is Tombstone Pizza. And I've just oh been waiting God. for the slogan to come out. <laughs> it's a badass town, I gotta say. Alright, All right, so another apparition that's seen a lot of the time, but doesn't have a lot of history connected to her, is the lady in the white gown. No one knows where she's from. There is, there's always a lady in a white dress. I know. Yeah, every it's, fucking it's time. It's kind of creepy, I guess. You know, there's like, <laughs> there's like a innocence attached to it, and same for this story. So, the lady in white is commonly seen at the birdcage, and the weird thing about her is that she always appears as solid, like a real person. Mm. There is one employee who said that she stood face to face with this woman. Staring her in the face for, like, several minutes. And then did she just disappear? Yeah, then she just disappears. They say that she's, like, a residual ghost. She doesn't um, talk or anything or notice you. She just goes about her thing. Um, but she's seen in several places. She's seen out on the streets, up and down, going up and down the stairs in the birdcage. In the windows, going through doors, going through cages, like, because they got these cage-looking doors, like, especially mm -hmm. into the basement and stuff. And the other weird thing about her is she's in this white gown, but she's also wearing a bonnet, which means that she's wasn't a prostitute. She's, like, a high-class lady wandering around in this bar. So the most interesting opinion I found was that maybe she was brought in by the hearse, as in, she's from outside, she died out there, took the hearse to Boot Hill, mm. but then as, like, a spirit is attached to the hearse, which is in the birdcage, and so she's, like, trapped in the birdcage. Yeah, that's a theory. Um, another theory people have, because she's seen around on the streets, is that she was a mother whose kid died of scarlet fever, and she killed herself mm. over it. And so she's just walking around the streets mourning that. What if she was hit by the hearse? <laughs> what if she was dragged under the hearse and that she's literally attached to it? <laughs> it's 
fucked up, Asia. We're well, fucked I up. mean, if her boy died of scarlet fever, she might have been out on the road. <gasps> oh, I see. Being despaired. Yeah, like both are true. Yeah, that's Dope. my theory, at least. That's a good theory. Strong. Thank um, you. <laughs> another sad story is about this woman who was a performer and a prostitute slash singer at the birdcage known as Carmelita, I think it's Jimenez, except it's spelled with a G. So Jimenez, Jimenez, who knows? A hard G, Jimenez. Okay. I think that might just be Italian. <laughs> well, her name, her like niece's name is Josephine. I don't know. It's not <laughs> the last name. It makes me think Spanish and yeah. usually... When it comes to other languages, it's not quite like English where we pronounce a bunch of different things the same way or different ways depending on spelling. Like with Italian, it really depends on the letter that's following. Like if it's a G-I, it's a hard J. Like pizza, DiGiorno, it's DiGiorno, not DiGiorno. So would she be Carmenita Jimenez? That's my thought. It sounds more Spanish, but I'm more recently uh, familiar with Italian than I am with Spanish. I did Spanish in middle school and tried to forget those rules when I learned Italian because they're very similar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My uh, roommate um, and our friend who is Italian, when they would get drunk together, she would speak Mexican. (laughs) Mexican. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh my god. Don't add us for that. Whoa. She's been whoa. drinking. Slow down. <laughs> Slow down, Rosemary. She would speak Spanish and he would speak Italian and they would understand each other and they would just laugh and laugh and laugh about. Mm-hmm. Um Cas Oh god. What did they used to say? Something fresca, which meant fresh dick. And they laughed so hard about that and that's my story. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Okay, so anyways, Carmelita, she was a performer, um, and she lived with a young actor named Frederick Baker, who also performed. Obviously, he was in the theater, they were in the theater together, but she was also a prostitute. A lot of the women in the birdcage wore a lot of hats. Mm-hmm. So, one night when Frederick and Carmelita came home from a show, she began crying. And this is from Frederick's perspective that book that I partially read has, like, an excerpt from what, something that he wrote about her. So, this is all from his side. So, she began crying. Frederick asked her why, and she was like, it has nothing to do with you. Um, so, sometime the next day, they think that Carmelita secretly poisoned herself with arsenic. Because after rehearsal... Why arsenic? So, she poisoned herself with rat poison that happened to use arsenic. Okay. It's called Rough rat on po- Rats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying there's a lot of different ways you can poison yourself, let alone at that time where you had more things available to you. So, that's why I was like, how do you know arsenic in particular? Rat poison. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, Rough so, on Rats. Rough on Rats. Um, nobody knew that she did this, though. So, from Frederick's perspective... After they did rehearsal, she noticed her vomiting near the washstand, and she came to check on. He came to check on her, and she told him that she took a medicine to make her sick. What he thought she meant was that um, she took an an emetic, which is emesis is vomit. So an emetic is a medication that makes you vomit, right? Okay. So they went home. Um. He went out to do something, and in the evening when he returned, he found that she was sitting and talking with an older woman and appeared to be, like, a lot sicker. So he was like, hey, Carmelita, since you're looking so ill, I'm going to make dinner, and you just chill. <laughs> you look like shit. I'll cook. <laughs> I just didn't even notice my freaking rap, but I just... It's nope. fine. It's fine. That came out of the top of my head, but you know, whatever. No one. You gotta make no it sound like a rap. Art. It just sounds like <laughs> a statement. <laughs> my heart. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, 
shit. He is going to go cook dinner. Dinner. And, okay. <laughs> so her reaction to this was kind of weird. She, like, jumped up, hugged him, kissed him, thanked him, was like, oh, my God. Thank you for making dinner. And then went to lay down. A little. And never woke up. No. You're wrong again. Sorry. Damn it. <laughs> A little bit after, as Frederick was cooking dinner, Carmelita's family came to visit and he didn't think anything of it because apparently they visited like every day. So he's cooking dinner. They're visiting her and her niece Josephine comes in to the kitchen and she's like, yo, what the fuck's wrong with Carmelita? And he's like, yo, she's just kind of sick. And she's like, no dog. She just told me that she took some arsenic. And he's like, yo, what the fuck, bro? (laughs) You should see her on video. This is hilarious. She's Um, doing arm motions and gang signs and everything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So apparently Carmelita told Josephine, yo, I took some rat poison. I took rough on rats. It's got arsenic (laughs) in it. And Josephine's like, oh, my fucking God. So he's like, okay, what the fuck? They call the doctor. The doctor comes in. Um, and he tries to give her an emetic. He gives her a bunch of antidotes. But it's been like half a day or like 10 or so hours since she took the rat poison. So nothing works. And she dies at 5 a.m. Well, yeah. I mean, if you don't get on that shit immediately, it's going to digest yeah. 10 hours later. It doesn't matter how much she throws up. It's already been absorbed. Yeah. And no one is quite sure why she killed herself. The best theory is that she was a prostitute and she hated her life, which is a pretty strong theory in my opinion. Some people, you know, sex work is a interesting topic. Some people are totally cool with it and they feel proud of sex work, which is fine. Other people, maybe like her, Melita, don't. My thought is maybe she was pregnant. Yeah. I mean, she had a boy, so maybe she was pregnant by someone else. That would have sucked. Been sad. Hence the suicide. Or yeah. she might have been trying to kill the baby. Yeah. Um, Sorry, just thinking about the times and what's going on. Yeah, That's no. That's my first thought. Good input. So, it said that she still haunts the birdcage... Nothing real specific, but there are a lot of, like, female ghosts and apparitions that are seen. Some are naked, some are just talking, some are touching people, whispering. She could be any of them. Okay. Yeah. So, I've got a few other snippets before we wrap it up. Um, Obviously, this place has a lot of negative energy that's been documented. You know, documented, quote-unquote. (laughs) over the years uh one interesting snippet remember when i mentioned the current owner Mm -hmm. so the current owner i think even still to this day his name's william hunley and he's owned the birdcage him and his family has owned the birdcage for five generations generations his (laughs) grandchildren being the fifth generation so in the 1980s uh, Mr. Henley, Hunley hired a psychic medium to do a seance in the theater because it was so haunted. Apparently, mm-hmm. during the seance, an unseen force began strangling the shit out of him. And a bunch of people were there to see this. And the violence didn't stop until the commotion broke the medium's concentration. And... He reports that he had bruises on his neck for six weeks after that. Shit. Shit. They were not happy with how he was running the place. Guess not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Some other cool little things. People see a lot of ghosts, have a lot of experiences. In these specific places, the poker table apparently at night will fire up as if and people will hear sounds as if a poker game is going on they'll smell cigars they'll hear the chips they'll hear people talking and then you go down there and it's just like nothing's going on um the piano people hear that playing obviously no one's playing it there's a naked woman that people have seen um 
apparently a stage hand has been seen multiple times scurrying across the stage. And then there's this haunting, haunted painting called Fatima, which has a lot of energy attached to it too. And all this stuff that people report, you know, is anecdotal stuff. But primarily the birdcage and the employees there claim that a lot of the experiences are like benign and they're mostly vocal stuff. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, mostly vocal. And then they always encourage people to take like photos and videos because a lot of photos and videos have caught stuff at the birdcage. That's what I got. Now, did you find any? Yeah. Okay. The one, there's one real creepy ass one of the white woman, the woman in white. Man, am I like racist today? You are racist as shit tonight. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> there's a picture. I promise she's not racist. She's just drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think, I don't think that makes it any better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not racist. Okay. I'm just, let's stop. Her mental faculties are not here. Yeah. This picture is creepy as hell. It's of a staircase. And it's like this shadow. It's not a shadow. It is a white figure thing. Holding what looks like the hem of the dress. Walking up and down the stairs. Creepy. (laughs) Creepy. Lots of orbs. Orbs don't really like creep me out. Because orbs. I mean. It's dust. It's dust. Whatever. (laughs) <laughs> um, there's a lot of faces in mirrors. Things go, you know, disappear and shit. And, uh, yeah, Birdcage Theater. It's fucking dope. And that's what I got. All right. So general poltergeisty stuff? Yes. Lots of energy. Lots of people reporting shit. Like, anytime somebody goes, something happens. So... I think so it should be on go. our list. It's got to be on the list. I want to see the stiletto. I want to see the black Mariah. And yes. the rest of Tombstone, after you do your ne- your episode, I'm going to return to Tombstone because there's so much else going on there that I haven't even touched on. There's mines. There's, you know, the OK Corral, which was that huge shootout. There's a lot of shit. There's a lot of I will hauntings. let you have Tombstone as your baby. Oh, yes. I will never... Everything in Tombstone is yours to claim. Thank you. I'm the mayor of Tombstone. <laughs> All right. So for the next episode, we're going international. I wanted to spice some things up. We're going to be stopping as a pit stop in Australia. Oh, hell yeah. Australia's got to have some freaky ass shit, right? Yeah, I found two. I want some chupacabra... I want some, like, <laughs> alligators, some crocodile dundee stuff. That's all well, I know about. Australia. We're about to dive into it. Fuck yeah. So, sorry, everybody. This one will be released in about a week or so. I'll release it a week from when this episode is edited and posted, because I'll probably do them both at the same time and just set the time. So Nice, nice. I want to keep you guys entertained, to say the least, and... Figure might as well throw in a spark of international as it's been a while since we've really branched out. Yeah. Done something. Also, different. if you're sticking around and you like the podcast, <laughs> props to you because we're growing yes. and learning. And I know I know it's hard to pay attention <laughs> and we might be wrapped up in ourselves and learning. But you know, we appreciate everybody. <laughs> We do. We appreciate you so much. The fact that I can even look online and see that our episodes have been played at all. It's like, hey, someone bothers to listen. (laughs) I mean, okay, to be real, if it's just you and me hanging out, Asia, that's enough for me. Yeah, I have a great time hanging out with you. I always do, and that's why I'm extra sad you're not here anymore. Yeah. What I have. Soon after this little two-week work vacation vacation huh you're gonna be working for two weeks straight without a day off yeah yeah (laughs) oh god don't remind me no remind me of this it's gonna be ten thousand dollars hopefully for two weeks and then i'm gonna be flying you out here we're gonna do a california episode maybe that'd be dope 
We're not in C's yet. Okay, fine. Whatever. So we did a special episode for Seattle, and your haunted item in Colorado was our two out of alphabetical order I episodes. Oh yeah, you're right. We gotta keep mm-hmm. it. We gotta keep it, you know. We're trying to keep some sort of structure here. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, everybody, if you're still listening, which I doubt, Patreon, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Twitter. Uh, those are the big ones, right? All yes. right. Sorry, my Cortana, after saying Twitter, it exploded Fucking on my computer. Creepy. It's like I said I said Twitter, not Cortana. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Alright, everybody. See you next week. Yes. And email us stories. We want to hear from you guys. Reach out to us on Instagram. Send us whatever the fuck. The fact you're listening and the fact you want to bother to reach out to us, you will be responded to, I promise. Yeah. We know you're there. And I'm getting tired of screaming out into the void. I know. We want to do a Listener Tales episode. Some sort of something where our listeners have sent in a story that happened to them in their lives. And I think it'd be fun, A, to read it, and B, to share it with the rest of our listeners, the few that we have. Yes. I think it would be great. I think it'd be a fun time and give us something spicy that's different. Yeah. Yeah. We love spicy. We love different. That's for sure. All right, everybody. Talk to you next week. Bye. You keep it creepy. Keep it haunty. (laughs) Keep it haunty, keep it spooky, keep it creepy. (laughs) Bye.